This is the Hasidic Story Project with Barack Holman, podcasting from Jerusalem, Israel. This podcast is sponsored by listeners just like you. To become a supporter of this podcast, please go to HasidicStory.com. H-A-S-I-D-I-C Story.com. You'll never know. You'll never know. You'll never know. You'll The holy Reb Yosef Shaul Natanson of Lemberg was one of the greatest Torah geniuses of his generation. Learning Torah was his whole life. He'd sit in the Beit Midrash with piles of books from early in the morning until late at night. And one day, while Reb Yosef Shaul was sitting in his private room, learning as usual, there was a knock on the door. And he thought, ah, oh, it must be one of his students coming in to give him a message. So he said, yeah, come in. And when he looks up from his Gemara, he sees that there's a schlepper there dressed in torn, dirty clothes, just standing at the doorway. And Rabbi Yosef Shaul recognizes the man immediately, and he says, Ephraim, Ephraim, my sweetest friend, is it really you? I haven't seen you in so long. I know you moved away, and it's been a long time, but I never forgot you. I think about you all the time. The last I heard, you married the daughter of a very wealthy man, and I thought you were very wealthy yourself. And now to see you standing like this in these torn clothes... What happened? Oi, Yosef Shaul, he said. What happened? What didn't happen? I lost all my money, and now I'm just a poor beggar. And the worst thing is, my daughter got engaged to just the most amazing guy, and I don't have a single ruble to pay for the wedding. I didn't know what to do. I tried to collect some money, but it was really hard for me. And then I thought about you. You're such a big rabbi here, and you know everybody. Can you do me a favor, please, for the sake of our old friendship? Can you please help me raise 2,000 rubles for my daughter's wedding? And Rabbi Yosef Shaul, he said, Ah, Ephraim, my heart really breaks for you. If I had the money, I'd give it to you in a second. But you know, I'm not a rich man, and there's so many poor Jews in Lemberg, and they all ask me for help. There's no way I can go around collecting money for all of them. I'd never have time for my learning. So I made a policy. I never go out and raise money for any person. If I make an exception for you, then everyone's going to bother me all the time. They're going to say, look, you made an exception for your friend. Why not for me? Yosef Shaul, I can't believe what you're saying. I can't even believe what I'm hearing. I'm not just some ordinary schlepper. I'm not just someone who needs help. We've known each other our whole lives. You're my oldest friend. We swore when we were kids that we would always be friends. And you're not going to break some silly rule just for me? And then he started crying. And Yosef Shaul, he said, for I am sorry, you're right. This is a special case, and you're really my friend. I'm going to help you. Let me talk with some of the rich people in Lemberg. It'll take me a few days. Just sit still, and I'll take care of everything. That same night, Rabbi Yosef Shaul set out for the home of the richest man he knew in Lemberg. But just as he's walking up the steps to the house, he sees his friend Ephraim coming out the door. Ephraim, what are you doing here? Well, collecting money for my daughter's wedding, of course. Did he give you anything? Ephraim laughed. Yeah, he gave me ten rubles. No, Ephraim, what did you expect, Yosef Shoal said. You're a stranger in this town. Nobody knows you. Look at the way you look with your torn clothes. I'm a respected person. People are going to listen to me. Look, you asked me for help, and I agreed. I made an exception for you. And now you're really complicating things, trying to collect money on your own. You're not going to make a lot of money. I'm going to do all the work for you. I'm going to get you all the money. Please, do me a favor and do yourself a favor. By Thursday, I'm going to have all the 2,000 rubles for you. Bizarre the shame. 
Ephraim gave a strange look to Rabbi Yosef Shul, and he said to him, Listen, I know you mean well, but you do what you're going to do, and I'm going to do what I have to do. And then he turned around and walked away. So Rabbi Yosef Shul, he continued to the next house of the wealthy man, the neighbor. And what happens? He sees Ephraim coming out the door, just as he's about to knock on the door, and he says to him, Look, Ephraim, you're not helping. And he gets really angry. Didn't you hear what I told you? Let me do this, please. You don't have to collect any money. And Ephraim says, well, I got more than last time. I got 20 rubles this time. Ephraim, please, Mamash, you got to stop this. You're making it impossible for me to help you. I promised you that I'm going to raise the money. And by Thursday, you're going to have the money. I'll meet you in the Beit Midrash on Thursday night. Until then, please have a little patience and stay out of my way. Again, Ephraim said to him, Yosef Shaul, you do what you're going to do, and I'll do what I'm going to do. And everywhere Rabbi Yosef Shul went to raise money, he saw Ephraim had just been there. But by some miracle, even though Ephraim had made it so hard for him, by Thursday night he'd actually collected the full 2,000 rubles. And he was feeling very pleased with himself. He went to the Beit Midrash, just like they had arranged. And he saw that Ephraim was a little late, so he takes out a safer and starts to learn. And a few hours passed, and it's getting later and later, and still Ephraim hadn't arrived. And then he started to get a little upset. Rabbi Yosef Shul, he says to himself, look, I spent all this time collecting money. I made an exception for Ephraim, and he can't even show up on time. But after waiting almost the entire night without Ephraim showing up, now Rabbi Yosef Shul was getting worried. Maybe something happened to him, he thought. You know, it's so much money. For sure he knows that it's important that he has to come and take it. And then Rabbi Yosef Shul thought, wow, maybe I really insulted him. I kept telling him, stop it, you're making me angry, you're making things hard. And maybe I hurt his feelings, maybe he was so upset at me, he said, forget about it. My egotistic friend can keep the money, and I just won't come in and collect it. Ay vey, Rabbi Yosef Shul thinks to himself, what did I do? And every night for a week, Rabbi Yosef Shul, he goes to the Beit Midrash and he waits for his friend Ephraim, who never shows up. And now he's getting really worried. And he sent out one of his gabais to check the whole town, but they couldn't find Ephraim. And Rabbi Yosef Shaul didn't know what happened to him. The next morning, after another sleepless night, Rabbi Yosef Shaul, he comes to shul, a little late for the morning prayers. And who does he see standing in the corner of the shul, asking everyone in shul for money? So Rabbi Yosef Shaul, he runs over and he says, Ephraim, thank God you're back. I was so worried. I thought something terrible had happened to you. I'm so sorry I hurt your feelings by telling you to stay away when I, when I was collecting money. I, I shouldn't have spoken so harshly to you. I'm so sorry. But look, Baruch Hashem, I have the full 2,000 rubles. And he starts pulling out ruble notes in his pockets and dropping them on the table. Ephraim, he looks at his friend, Rabbi Yosef Shaul. He looks at the pile of rubles and he says, you can keep the money, Yosef Shaul. The truth is I don't need it. I'm still a wealthy man. I never actually lost my fortune. But Ephraim, I, I don't understand. Why did you beg me for help? Why do you look like this? Why are you chasing me all over town to collect money for you that you don't even need? You must have known how hard it is and for me making an exception and breaking my routine of learning all the time. Why did you do that to me? Why did you play this trick on me? And Ephraim said, I had my reasons. Let me tell you a story. You were right, my friend. I did marry the daughter of a very wealthy man. And he set me up in business. And I became a wealthy businessman myself with lots of money and a beautiful wife who I love. And you'd think that I had everything. But my wife and I, we couldn't have children. I went from Rebbe to Rebbe asking for a bracha to have a child. And finally I came to one holy master. And I stayed and learned with him for a long time. And I became one of his closest students. Not only because after he gave my wife a blessing, we had a son. 
but he was really one of the holiest people I'd ever met in my life. And the way he gave over Torah was so deep. But then one day my Rebbe got sick, and there was nothing I could do. And I was with him just before he left this world. I was holding his holy hand, and I mamish didn't know what to do. I didn't know what I was going to do without him. At the last moment, I finally blurted out, Rebbe, I love you so much. I can't tell you how much I'm going to miss you. Would you do me one favor? Would you come back and tell me how things are for you in the world to come? My Rebbe smiled at me and whispered, and he said, Yes, dear Ephraim, I'll come back to visit you on Shabbos night. And then shortly afterwards, he passed away. The first Friday night, I couldn't sleep. I was sure that the Rebbe, he promised me that he was going to come, but nothing happened. The next Shabbos, I stayed up so long, and I was so tired and exhausted, and I fell asleep. And suddenly, I opened my eyes, and there was my Rebbe, standing right next to my bed. And he looked so beautiful, just like I thought he would in the world to come. He was shining with a heavenly light. I couldn't take my eyes off of him. I kept staring into his holy face. And then, I looked down at his feet, and I couldn't believe what I saw. His feet were black, black as coal. I said to him, Holy Master, what happened to your feet? Ah, my dear Ephraim, the Rebbe told him. When I came up here to heaven, the heavenly court started to judge me. And they said, How did I use my body in this world down below? How did I use it to serve God? And they saw that I used my head to learn Torah, and my mouth to pray, and my heart to love. My hands to do mitzvot, and every other part of my body was judged, and it became filled with holy light. And everything was going great until they came to my feet. And then the chief of the heavenly court, he looked at me and he said, My friend, you did much good in your life. You studied Torah. You davened. You loved other people. But one thing you didn't do, you never went out of your way for another Jew. When poor Jews would come to you, you'd give them a bracha. Mamash from the deepest place in your heart. But you never actually walked around to get them the tzedakah that they need. So I'm afraid your feet never did one mitzvah in your whole life. And here, the head of the court, he points at my feet, and I felt a burning pain. Ah! And I looked down, and my feet were black. So even though my head is in Gan Eden, my feet are in Gainom, are in hell. And so I started to cry for my Rebbe, and I said, Rebbe, how can this be? And I said, Rebbe, I have to do something for you. I jumped out of my bed, and I said, Rebbe, I can fix this for you. I'm going to become your feet. In your name, I'm going to walk around for two years collecting money to give to poor Jews. And I want you to know, Yosef Shaul, that's what I've been doing since that day. I've traveled everywhere to every city and town I could find, raising money for the poor. Mostly I wanted to help my Rebbe. But also I was curious about other Rebbe's to see if they were any different, if they themselves had gone around. And sadly enough, I realized that most of them were the same. They were happy to pray and give a bracha, but they wouldn't run around and Mamish do something to solve people's problems. And then I found myself in Lemberg, and I remembered you, and I came to check you out. And I saw my sweetest friend. It really broke my heart. You were just like everyone else. You're happiest when you can sit in your room with your svarim and learn Torah. And maybe your head is doing a lot of holy work, but your feet, not so much. So I forced you to go out and help me, and I made it really hard for you. I got in your way whenever I could. I made you exert a lot of effort and made it a lot of trouble so that you could fix your feet while you stood a chance. And then Ephraim was silent for a moment, and he looked at his friend, Rabbi Yosef Shaul, and he said, So now that you know how to walk, I'm begging you, my friend, never stop. Never stop going out. It's not just enough to give a blessing. You go out 
and you help your fellow Jews. And that's the lesson that you need to teach your Hasidim and everyone else around you, that we're all responsible for one another, and it's not just enough to give kind words. We also have to go out there and make things happen. Nine, nine, nine.